0: You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from Hawkins Labs in the Upside Down.
1: All right, Vocal Fam. Hello. It's Saturday. It's of Easter weekend. Happy almost Easter. And listen, I was going to put up Ian and Yvonne's episode on the professional singer turning voice teacher today, but guess what? It's going up next weekend, because <laughs> Perna's got some audio to clean up. But here we are, and we are thrilled to now bring you what is part three. Wee-hoo. the ind- That's right, now you're a voice teacher, part three. This episode is focused on the independent studio teacher, right, Sarah? Some very other exciting things happening um, in my life. I'm now fully vaccinated. Yay, Yay. fully vaccinated, Perna. What, 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 what? Sarah, Sarah, and Sarah and I are actually sitting together in my office with the with the HEPA filter running to my right. By the way, do you all hear the HEPA filter, or we're good with that?
2: Okay, great, awesome. I think this is the first time I've been indoors with you
1: in over a year. In
2: over a year.
1: It is the first That's time we crazy. have recorded indoors together, wait for this, since the 100th episode of Vocal Fry.
2: Are you for real?
1: Episode V, or episode, uh, what, what, what's the Roman, episode oh, C, C, 100, Roman numeral C, when we did our Rise of Skywalker review.
2: Whoa.
1: That was the last Whoa. time you and I were indoors <laughs> together. They, oh my God! So, so there you go, vocal fam. Listen, crazy. we have two awesome guests, um, both of whom are very wonderful parts of my life um, from different eras of my life. To be completely honest, uh, so we have Dr. Lee Usselton, um, who I'll let her introduce herself here in a little <laughs> bit, and Rebecca Piper. Um, both of them have awesome independent studios, which you're going to hear more about uh, in a little bit. But Rebecca Lee, welcome to Vocal Fry. Hello,
0: thank, thank you. you. Hello.
1: So we're excited to have both of you. Um, I don't know who wants to go first, but le- let's hear a little bit so that our listeners know who you two are. Um, let's hear a little bit about your journey to becoming an independent studio owner and, um, and just a little bit about yourself so that the vocal fam knows who you are. Who's going first? Lee?
0: Yeah, I'll go for it. Um, I'm Lee Usselton, as he said. Uh, I own an independent studio in lovely Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, and I currently offer... A, what I call a creative outlet for adults that's that's oh. what I do um, and I took a long journey to get there and I'm sure we're gonna get into this later more specifics but I I made my way through country music around the through music theater uh, into academia where and I your
1: band's heard. name was what
0: McAllister
1: There it is folks, (laughs) there it is Look up the music video You want to
0: see 1999 Era Lee, Full of the hair and makeup and everything I really do do.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I know my afternoon now
0: (laughs) It's a a thing It's a thing Um, Yeah, and then I landed in academia So, you know, that was quite a turnaround Uh, But while I was there Was when I discovered that it was really um, It was really the adult That was my calling In terms of students. Um, I love working with avocational adults, and I love helping people just find the fun and find the joy in making music, uh, and that's where I am today, and I love every second of it.
1: That is awesome, and of course, Lee and I know each other because Lee was very fortunate um to or I was very fortunate (laughs) I should say that's what I meant to say I meant (laughs) to say I was very fortunate to have Lee as a doctoral student in my years at WVU and she uh was an excellent candidate um still one of my favorite student-led research projects I've, I've ever uh ever been able to mentor on uh looking at uh some spectral characteristics of belt voice in terms of uh legit mix and uh, belt and uh, some awesome stuff there. Which, by the way, Lee, on a total sidebar, mm-hmm. my current GA and I made a discovery using your data this semester in class. Um, and I need to, uh, We need to rework your data for a specific article on auditory roughness, yeah. because there's actually something there that I didn't realize until this semester. So there's actually a greater finding than I thought there was. Cool. Um I think I think I think we could actually use your data to redefine those three words purely from the point of how much roughness is in the signal or not.
0: Oh please, that would be wonderful. Um, so,
1: so I've been meaning to talk to you about that, and it like you know COVID. So like I, I don't know what's going on, but but now I'm saying it out loud. So we should we should revisit <laughs> that at some point, okay? Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's a it's when you already have data collected, it's easy to reuse it, and there's definitely an article there for a hundred percent for sure. Cool. So we'll come back to that at some point. Anyway, Rebecca, <laughs> okay. tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey, that kind yeah. of stuff.
3: Um, so I'm Rebecca I uh, have been teaching voice privately for about 21 years now officially and um, it really wasn't something I planned on doing when I first started Um, I own a pretty large private studio now a multi-teacher studio where we have over 170 families and you know it all started when I was just helping some kids out when I was in a show and the parents were like hey can you help my son with an audition next week or can you help my daughter with her school solo and I was like sure and they would come up to my little attic apartment you know where they had to not hit their head on the ceiling because it was literally an <laughs> attic apartment and I had a little keyboard yep kind of like <laughs> sitting. Um, and sometimes the parents would do my dishes because oh. I was you know, college kid and wasn't doing dishes, and um, I would give a few lessons, and eventually it became my full time income as I raised my family, and uh, here we are now with seven other teachers of multi uh, disciplines. We're a music and performing arts studio, and um, I, although I don't have the same niche that Lee does, I I love that she does, and I I absolutely am fascinated by it. Our um, I would say our mission, or who we are as a studio, has always been a personal connection. We're very, very, um, it's really important for us to meet every student where they're at, no matter what their journey is. Uh, We don't discriminate on any level based on talent, based on passion. Uh, We just really want to fill uh, their hearts with music and performing arts, whether they be um, passionate about their journey and ready to embark on a musical theater degree or a uh, performance degree or post uh, collegiate or they really just want to explore or maybe they're in their 60s or 70s they want to go back and revisit piano lessons like they did when they were younger mm. um, we just we we meet every student where they're at and um, even as we continue to grow that's been um, just the main and most important focus of what we do And I think it's been one of the reasons we're so successful uh, throughout the years. So, um, you know, as we go through the episode, I could give you a little more detail on how we ended up where we're at. But that's the gist of who we are now, and we're loving it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think it's wonderful. One of the changes, uh, you know, obviously... um, I know both of you from different walks of my life, but I think both of you have really awesome products. And it's been awesome to see, you know, Lee, I've watched you grow your product. And I think that's awesome. I've been very proud of that. And and Rebecca, just coming to know you this year, I, I've come to very much admire your product that, that you offer through the studio. And I'm really thrilled. One of the biggest changes that I think ha- that I've seen happen in Nats since I first became a Nats member which was a while ago now has been just this really embracing of, of independent studio teachers, um, which, which is, which is nice and and good and very healthy for the organization. I think Um, because, because as you two both demonstrate, I don't think there is such a thing as exactly a one size fits all. What a, independent studio looks like, right? Absolutely, I mean,
0: absolutely not. not. No. <laughs> Our right. two studios are nothing alike. No. <laughs> um, it, it could not be more different, which is wonderful.
1: Yeah, and it really is wonderful. And, and um, in one sense, it, it makes it somewhat more difficult to address this issue, you know, because it's not like you can say to an independent studio teacher, um, hey, this is exactly what you're is going to look like. Mm. Um, although, at the same time, I don't know a single performance career or academic career where a one-size model is exactly what it looks like anyway. Mm. You know, our, our field is very varied. So, let's start here. If you could go back to the very beginning when you were going to start your studio and you had, let's say, a 22-year-old a who just graduated college. Because one of the reasons we're doing this series is we've had a lot of people start teaching voice mm-hmm. in the last 12 months. Now 14 months, whatever it has been. Um, you know, the, the 23 years that 2020 lasted. Um, yeah. If you could go back and say to that person, hey, here's a couple of things I want you to have your eyes open about. What, what are some things you'd start with? I, ahead, I have yeah, a huge can...
0: one. It is okay, and it is wonderful for you to be you. Yeah. Oh. That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing, and I i think maybe it's coming out of the academic world, uh, why that was so hard for me to accept.
1: You mean and because in the academy, we like to put you in boxes?
0: Yes, boxes are good. Oh, God. Get in your box and stay there. Um, no, because uh, we
1: can keep gates on boxes. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I'm right there with you on that, Sarah. Yeah. By the way, the mouth noises—I can't do them.
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry, I you. <laughs> that will be the only you. one. Sorry. Go ahead, Lee. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, no, it—it's funny. I—I um, I had all these ideas of who I was supposed to teach and and um. who wanted to take voice lessons. And so I, I kept finding myself trying to be the voice teacher for those people. So like um, kids or, you know, future collegiate singers performers. or professional singers, oh. performers. Yeah. Uh, and I, I get in my first lesson, which at this point was, was only probably three or four years ago, my first lesson with an avocational adult who was like, I like these bands. I don't read music. I played guitar when I was 10. Let's sing. And I realized this is my, these are my people. This is me. Yeah. I have all the training, but that's, that's me. I like the joy and the fun and the experimentation. And through working with these students, I was able to find myself. I know it's so cheesy, but I I was able to find myself and my own love of singing again through teaching these these people. So now I know it's it's great that I get to be me and I'm more successful because of it as well.
1: Certainly great not having to enforce jury requirements. Uh, Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes. Sorry. What about you, Rebecca? Like what would you say to like, you know, entry level you?
3: Yeah. Well I I was that twenty two year old who just started teaching um i think the best piece of advice if i was to go back and tell myself something at that age when i started teaching it would be that there's so much more that you don't know and you need to keep learning because (laughs) um Mm, you know so many of us were trained in a very specific technique right and you know only knowing that technique up until that age and that pedagogy um And then coming out and having students come to me that really weren't always interested in performing or singing what I hadn't learned. Um, I needed to do some ed and I needed to learn what I didn't know and I needed to know that there were other ways to teach other than the way I was taught. Um, So and even now I I mean we've discussed this I love I sometimes I feel like I have so many you know different theories of teaching um, that I've gained throughout the years from people that I'm not sure which one to use but I think that's the beauty of it, is every student could benefit a little bit from learning from this certification or learning what I learned um, at this summer program or this voice institute. Um, so to keep learning, um, one thing that was very, very beneficial to me in the beginning was I I, play, I, you know, have always been strong at the piano. So when I first moved out to this area, I didn't know anybody. Um, I'm not from this area originally. Um, so, I contacted a bunch of different voice teachers and I asked if I could accompany their voice lessons uh, for mm. free. So, I could also what shadow them. What a good them. idea. Yeah. yeah. So, I shadowed them as teachers uh, wow. and I sat in on their lessons. And I didn't That's like just. a
1: great idea. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I... sorry. I'm really <laughs> blown away by that. That's a really great idea.
3: Well, I didn't. I kept thinking, like, I know how my teachers taught, but they had all taught so differently. So, I yeah. sat in. And I think it was about. I want to say seven or eight different teachers um wow. and it 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 also gave me great accompanying experience um but I yeah, really got to see the different types of students um I got to see different types of and styles of teaching, um especially when it came to um different genres of music. you know I grew up doing musical theater but trained classically um And then at one point, I had a student who um, was like the queen of belting and the queen of riffing. And, you know, everything that I knew was not that. And I'm like, well, this is impossible. That's not how you sing, (laughs) you know. Um, But it really forced me to think, no, there has to be more. There has to be some other ways. So to just literally fill yourself with whatever you can so that it could be used for whoever comes into your studio. Um, That was really really important to me and I think it's one of the most beneficial things that um, came out of what I did early on because I do have a variety of students Um, I definitely have ones that I feel that I work better with Um, but now that we're multi-teacher studio I have other voice teachers and other uh, teachers within the studio where I can say hey this teacher is exactly who you're looking for for this but always making sure that we're all comfortable um, with all styles you know yeah, then, yeah yeah, always open, so
1: you know you know you've hit on a couple both of you've hit on a couple of things that are you know have been recurring themes in the in the in this series, I think one of those has been the importance of whether we want to just say continuing education or whether we want to say just being a lifelong learner and remaining curious. Mm-hmm. That has been one of I think
2: over and over. Yeah, to be a lifelong learner, to be I think flexible when you come out. Not to y-
1: y- yeah, not to th- just think. Oh, well, this is how it is. It. Yeah, and so you know, mm-hmm. this is what we do. We do a five note lip trill. Because <laughs> what else would you ever do? <laughs>
2: since you like hammered that in one week, every time I happen to use a five note scale, I just hear that in my head, and I'm like. Do I do I still do it? No. Can I can yeah. I still use this? Listen, uh. I
1: use five note scales in teaching all the time. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> out of out of the curiosity, the
0: I taught after that, I listened to that episode in honor of you. I started uh. <laughs> with a five note lick. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. yes. You're like I have I have to. I can never reason.
0: <laughs> I swear.
1: <laughs> what are some of the, uh, out of just curiosity, either of you, because I know you've both done some continuing ed, wh- what are some of the good things, what are some of the, you know, things that have been benef- beneficial? Just a couple, mm, you don't have yeah. to say, like, a com- I'm not looking for an exhaustive list here. Right. And, you know, whatever, but just what are some of the ones that you found helpful?
3: Um I've loved (laughs) anything that Mary Saunders Barton has done. So Bel Canto can bell too, which I think has a different name now. Um, The CCM Institute at Shenandoah has been Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, The Summer, I always say it wrong, the Voice Institute at Westminster, but I know that's not exactly what they call it. Summer Vocal Institute Uh um, with Kathy Price has um, also just amazing. and for me, I, uh, you know, I had kids young. I was 23 when I had my son, and in our area, there's no. I couldn't continue my degree. I couldn't move on to a master's right. degree because yeah. I there would be nowhere for me to go within like an hour and a half of me and still raise my children. Wow. Yeah. So I, part of it was, you know, always feeling like, oh well, I don't have that degree behind my name that these other teachers do. So I better go above and beyond in my education, um, which is just a silly thought. But um, it did give me that drive to reach out and find as many programs as I could, either Saturday seminars or summer programs. And honestly, um, also the neurovocal method that um, Meredith Colby does, mm-hmm. really great. Okay. Um, Shannon Coates, Shannon's uh, vocal ped courses online awesome yeah,
1: vocal instrument 101 yeah
3: um we're obviously going to be implementing some of those for my teachers um in the next year oh for cool just for their That's training as well yeah um but this past year um my gosh it's if we can come away with anything from covid you know <laughs> is getting these great programs online right sure oh my we would, gosh we wouldn't normally have access to
1: sure um, right because yeah
2: you might not be able to just drop everything and
1: yeah.
0: go to a conference or yep. a seminar or anything
1: how about you lee
3: yeah.
0: Well, I mean, she listed most of them. And the funny thing is, we realized when we <laughs> we met that we have just missed each other, I think, in several instances. Uh, yeah,
1: uh, like, like one of you did one one year and then yeah, the next yeah. and something yeah. like that. that yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't think we were ever there at the same time, but uh, all of the same. There there are so many wonderful programs out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I know I learned a lot. The CCM Institute is is the one that I've really done in person. Um, Mm -hmm. I've done so much online lately, like like you just said, (laughs) uh, but that was a wonderful experience, not just because of the, the material and the, the people that are there leading it, but just meeting people from around the country, around the world, Mm -hmm. the relationships that I've built at those conferences and those institutes have been priceless. To be able to find like-minded teachers who also are just ready to learn from each other, uh, there weren't people there that were, you know, telling, telling everyone that their method was it and it was the yes. only thing to do. It was, it was all about the experience and it was all about bouncing ideas off of each other and and learning uh, new styles and uh, language. It it that more than anything for me, I think was important. In terms of continuing ed, was being able to find people, especially as an independent voice teacher, which I think mm-hmm. has come up. Uh,
1: I was I was going to transition yeah. us there, so it's a wonderful yeah. transition. I mean, before we do though, I, I would just like to say, if Vocal Fam, if you'd like to hear more about the CCM Institute, you can go back to Matt Edwards' episode in spring of twenty. 20- 18 in our back catalog. It's just his name, Matt Edwards, and you can hear more about that. If you'd like to hear more about Westminster, you can go back to spring of 19 to Kathy and Jonathan Price's episode, um, where we, it would have been at Voice Foundation, so it was probably in June or July that that episode, that that episode went live, June June or July of 2019. Yep. Um, So those, those, 2018.
2: No, that's twenty nineteen because it was, was, it was it the summer I moved to Atlanta.
1: So Matt's Matt's episode was Matt probably was- nineteen, February of nineteen. Would it have been? yeah yeah anyway, they're uh, okay. in our back catalog. They're you there. can go back in our back catalog, hear more about those two th- those specific two programs, um, of course, Shannon was just on the podcast, and you can go back and hear more about uh, vocal instrument one hundred one back from her first episode, which definitely was two thousand eighteen <laughs> um, so anyway, all that to say vocal fam we're we're totally in support of of continuing education here and and being a lifelong learner and look. I think I think um, <laughs> just before we m- move on from that to, to talking about networking and collegiality and whatever, um, I, I would just like to say I think that you know the thing that um, the thing that any time I've ever had Ken Bozeman lecture in class, one of the things that my students are always amazed with is here is this guy now a legend in our field. Who like is still learning things in retirement oh, now, yeah, yeah, like yeah. in his mm-hmm. academic retirement, and he's still curious. Love it. Like if we can all aspire to that, that's the kind of and and his and the phrase that he always says, "I've always learned more from those who I thought I originally disagreed with."
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Like
1: that. Right. Like that. So anyway, vocal fam, that was just my little contribution to that. Could anyway, I just
3: piggyback real quick, and I think I, as as and you. I'll re-piggyback. Yeah. Yeah. Please, <laughs> um, please have at it. I think, and I mean, maybe this is what you're going towards, but being a part of NATS, there's so many resources. There are so many workshops on the state level, on the regional level. Um, I'm president of our local chapter here, um, and we've had a a really great, um, we do a teacher training once a year, Mm -hmm. um, but we also have our, um, you know, a master class for the students as well. But there's always something to be gained, um, you know, and even if maybe your chapter or your region isn't, um, isn't jiving with where you're at at the moment, then that's a great way to get involved in your chapter or region and bring some change, right? So yep. um, I just think through the winter workshops, through the major conferences, through what they offer online and through Nat's chats. there's just, I mean, if you're a young teacher starting out, it's a great resource and just the networking involved Um, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you learn so much just from like Lee was saying, you know, with those like-minded people, you know, finding somebody else that's, you know, where you're at and buddying up and seeing what works. You know, I have a good friend of mine that lives in the area and we do most of our conferences and trainings and traveling together. And, you know, in some ways we look like competitive studios, but really we're just, you know, wow, did you check out this book? I'm going to get it. Now you're going to borrow it. And, you know, we watch our students succeed and it's great.
1: That's exactly That's how awesome. it should be. Also, just, you know, as we are, of course, a valuable Nats cast member, um, we're, yeah. we're very pro Nats around here. So yes, we're, maybe, we're, maybe. We're, hap- we're happy to uh, get the Nats plug in a- a- anytime. <laughs> uh, a- anyway, Lee, what were you going to piggyback off of that?
0: Oh, I, I realized that neither of us, um, when talking about continue education, it was all about our, our teaching and learning. But it's also very important as a performer and as a, a person to make sure that you're still growing. So that's how you two met, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it is. She's been studying, and, and I study. I will give the plug for the wonderful Jessica Baldwin. Um, she is wonderful. I take voice <laughs> lessons with. She's brilliant. Um, awesome. But I, I think it's just as important to work on your own artistry and make sure it's it's coming back to, to yourself and your own voice, too, that that's just as important with the continuing ed. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, and that's something, actually, that... Um, when you were both talking about like ideal clients, you were talking about like clientele of the studio, Mm -hmm. you know, a year ago, I'll be honest, I didn't have a lot of private clients because I wasn't really teaching online a lot before the pandemic. And like, I'm not really interested, kind of like you've expressed Lee, like with just teaching like heavy uh, performer high school kids. Who like want to go in, you know, it's not really, I've done it before, you know, like most voice teachers and Rebecca, you've got plenty of those kids Mm -hmm. and that's great, but it's not really my ideal clientele, but like the pandemic for me, I I know some of my um, like young artist level opera singers have been saying that the pandemic has kind of clarified some of their career goals for, for themselves, like what they what they really want out of out of singing, and maybe don't want out of singing. That they were, you know, they were sort of told to be a jet setter, a jet setting opera singer, but now yeah. they've kind of realized, you know, if I could get a gig in a house chorus in this major metro area and just live here, maybe keep my day job. Mm-hmm. I I kind of I kind of like life, um, but uh, you know, it, it it it's helped me clarify my own clientele of I love my young artist opera singers you know who are post grad whatever and and I, cuz I love working with them I love teaching like I you, I mean Lee you know I mean I I love teaching Donizetti and you know Bellini and Verdi and whatever uh I as as you both know I love teaching young artist musical theater singers as well because I love musical theater but I don't really want to teach a 14 year old <laughs> um it's just not Pernas thing but I also love teaching voice teachers, like, and, and it's a tricky thing teaching voice teachers. I, I, I'll, I'll admit, like, being a voice teacher to voice teachers is a weird thing. But it's actually something I really love, and and that I've kind of learned this year that I really love it. Um, I didn't know that I would really love it. I don't think a year ago, but but um, uh, getting to do, uh, you know, this year also being a NATS mentor teacher, like, I, I boy, I love that experience too. It's just. Uh, Anyway, all that to say, all good stuff. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, because we've talked about this before on the podcast with independent teachers. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the difference between like being, you know, in an academic setting, it's real easy to go to your colleagues and just have like a water cooler talk, you know, and talk about. Anything from how Jimmy is struggling in music theory. Oh, yeah, he's struggling in musicology. Yeah, he's terrible in voice lessons, too. Um, whatever. Poor Jimmy. Poor <laughs> Jimmy. Um, but, but you know also Jimmy's probably, like, a great tenor. Like, yeah. Obviously. Anyway. anyway. But, um, l- but you don't get that as an independent studio teacher. Like, that's not, like, part of your normal everyday interaction. So what are some things that you all have done still to network, to have colleagues, You know, uh, just to shoot ideas off of. What are some things you've you've, either of you have done?
3: Um, So for me, I mean, I am in academia too. I am. I do have a college uh, studio in addition to my private studio, but um, and you know, of course, through that you do, you know, meet other teachers in the area. But I've always, um, I've always performed still in my area as well. And I think that was a large part of growing my business in the beginning, really, was I would be in, you know, a production and those families would come to me. But then I would get to know other other professional teachers in the area through that as well. Um, So I think that was just a great way to connect and just to start to build those relationships. Um, Again, our we have a a thriving local Nats chapter here so we keep that conversation going it really does um and I think I don't I think it's knowing again like what your strengths are as a teacher and finding and knowing what your weaknesses are as a teacher and then saying like hey this might not be where I'm really strong but I've seen so-and-so students or I've seen so-and-so perform or read one of their publications and um You know, knowing you can go to them um, and keeping a very open um, communication and ethics, right? Because it is a community where you don't want to be competitive towards each other. You want to support each other. you know be able to go to another teacher say hey you guys ran this great program last summer could you tell me more about that i'd be interested in doing that for my own studio um you know without stealing your own students or something do you know what i mean but um just keeping those those lines of communication open um also you know there's tons of groups on social media um and lee and i are both part of uh, the speakeasy uh co-op where which is an absolutely phenomenal uh, networking group i mean the for years, I would attend conferences or certifications, and all the movers and shakers I would see at those would always bring up that they were part of this group. And I'm like, that's where I need to be because, you know, it's just it's support, it's training, and um, it's a great way to connect and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Am I am I nuts, or you know, <laughs> can I can I get some help with this, some coaching? Um, so just immersing yourself in it because, again there is no guidebook right so who are we going to go to to say is this how i should run this is this how i should run that um and also just making sure when you do especially social media networking that um which is what you know I, I say go in with um not looking for red flags but be careful right you're always getting you never know who you're getting information from when it's on the other side of the computer so just kind of <laughs> you know um just finding <laughs> finding those strong those strong connections. Right. And that's right. And sticking with them. So sorry, I talked right. about Lee. Your turn.
1: So what about you, <laughs> <No>. Lee? <laughs> it's
3: all right. I to to
0: yes, please. Um, yeah, I, the speakeasy has been wonderful. I'm just going to jump back in and say for someone like me, who's, um, uh, very much an introvert. I, mm-hmm. I struggle with networking. It's always been an issue for me. Um, and a little bit of imposter syndrome—I'll be the first one to say—a lot of anxiety around that, and and feeling like you know, do I really have a voice in this conversation? Uh, but that group is so wonderful because I feel like I can just kind of watch and observe the conversations, and when I really feel like I have something to say, there are people there to answer. Um, and it's it's a supportive, and like she said, they're the movers and the shakers. There are all these names. I'm like, ooh, I read their book. And (laughs) ooh, I listened to their podcast. They're all in one place. And it's it's a a great group. Um, So again, from the introverted side, the pandemic has been wonderful for me because I have been able to reach out one-on-one with people in the national and international community uh, and get guidance and get support. Um, And I... I definitely did not feel that in my first year. My studios have been only been open for two years, so i'm oh. I'm young in the independent studio business, though I had you know fifteen years of academic teaching prior to that uh, but it's it's been great for me to be able to find find these people online, and it's giving me the confidence now that things are slowly opening up to go meet them in person and maybe join more groups maybe be more active in that we're we're gonna get there someday Um, (laughs) I
1: feel that (laughs) uh, you know if you'd like to hear more about the Speakeasy Cooperative, you can go back to <laughs> our <laughs> episode a y- roughly a year ago with Michelle marquardt DeVoe and Kristen Coffee rondo This is like a
2: flashback episode. Or <laughs> you could go
1: the whole way back to 2018 and hear about it just from Michelle on her own personal episode. That actually, that conversation that I had with Michelle is still one of my favorite Vocal Fry episodes. Really early on, it was just she and I, and we were both 100% trapped. Trashed. Not not like not like drunk trashed. We were exhausted. <laughs> I, I was
3: gonna say I missed that memo. It was,
1: it know, was in the middle it was nice. in the middle of the afternoon. I promise we weren't drunk. Um, we all, no no it's in your cup, now. Um, but uh <laughs> we were both exhausted because it was the last day of the Vegas conference and like I was about to fly out. Like I think I recorded the episode with Michelle and went to a taxi and got got in. <laughs> wow. And got to the airport. But um, it was, uh, that's still one of my favorite early vocal fry conversations. It was just a really lovely thing. And, and I, one of the reasons, I'll be honest, I, I, I'm glad both of you brought it up because I wanted um, somebody other than Michelle and Kristen talking about speakeasy on the podcast mm-hmm. since you both are part of it, but you didn't found it. Um, just because I, I think it is a great, a great thing that they've started for independent studio teachers. Um, and I, I wanted people other than just the founders of the thing to talk about the thing. I think, that's, I think that's great. Also, just hearing you guys talk about, you know, things like the CCM Institute or the Westminster thing. Like, just, you know, because it's one thing for, like, if, if I am part of a thing, for me to be like, oh, come to our thing. It's a great thing. Look at our great thing. Oh our thing is great.
3: We're not benefiting. We're not, you know, getting paid to say how awesome these programs are. They just are really awesome. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And it's not like... And also, I will just say, we're also... Very pro Nats, but Nats is not paying us, That's true. right, Sarah? That's true. We may be part of Natscast, but uh, I mean, unless Natscast would like Nats to start I paying, suppose, yes. I mean, but we're very thankful for Plural Publishing sponsoring the <laughs> Vocal Fry podcast, right? Right, Sarah. We're just, just hitting
2: all our bases today. I yeah, we're very,
1: we're trying to just run down the the list. Basically, is uh, <laughs> who haven't
2: we talked about yet? Who
1: <laughs> haven't we? Let's see this here. This is the um, cheerleading uh, episode. <laughs> I have I have an honest question. That I'd like to transition us to. That is something that independent studio teachers deal with, that academics definitely do not. Can you talk about any business challenges that you've run into over the years or sup- business surprises mm-hmm. um, that you'd like to maybe, you know, as advice to someone doing this?
3: Um, do you want to go first?
0: Uh, sure. Yeah. My my number one thing with, with business is get help. Get mm-hmm. someone to help you, period. Uh, because I'm sure this is new to me, but I, I know when Rebecca and I talked about it, um, often studios start slowly and build up until you suddenly realize, wow, this is a business. I have money and I have I need uh, books and I need a lawyer and I need you know all these all these little pieces uh, and I've been fortunate through SECO of course again through the speakeasy that I met Sarah Campbell and I've been working with her on on just fine-tuning and streamlining my business so I I really feel like I own a business I am a business woman this is what I do and it's it's very empowering um that's yeah, awesome. Seek help. Mm-hmm.
3: Seek yeah. help. And don't be afraid to to know your worth um, as a teacher. Yes. Um, yeah. Don't be Gosh, afraid Gosh, say it
1: again for the people in the back. <laughs> Just in case like you didn't hear me. the person to the left.
3: <laughs> and <laughs> the people over there. Yes. It's important. You got that, Sarah? I'm <laughs> uh, looking at you. No. Um, but, um, yeah, finding yourself a business coach is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, she's working with Sarah. I'm working with Michelle and I've owned a business now for 22 years, but it's changed so much throughout the years. Um, and my business structure has changed. My business model has changed tremendously. Um, but I learned early on that if I needed to make this my full-time income, because it was very important to me that when I was teaching, I wasn't pulled in 50 different directions Mm -hmm. and, that once I decided I was going to be a voice teacher and not just a voice coach, I feel like they're different things, right? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and in the beginning, those I was words def-
1: mean different things also on different sides of the Atlantic. Yeah. So we realize <laughs> that many of you in the UK who are voice teachers consider yourselves a vocal coach. Oh. But in the United States, oh. also in the classical world, vocal coach means someone who just prepares repertoire, but. We realize that that word has many different meanings to many different people. So we're just I just wanted to clarify that. For Thank you for world. that disclaimer. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. but I'm, Now that's I good to either. know. I learned
3: something new today. Um, but in the beginning, I didn't feel like there was um, as much pedagogy that I felt comfortable or technical um, aspects of teaching in the very beginning. Um, but once I decided that I was going to do this full time, I. I. Um, really made myself a an official business we had um, payment plans we had semesters we had studio policies absence policies I did raise my rates um, and it was scary in the beginning. I was. I like, can Ooh. hear
1: Michelle raise those rates. I can yeah, I can <laughs> um, just, but anyway. and it was
3: scary in the beginning. And I was like, I know I'm charging more than other teachers, but I, I felt like, and even with the more continuing ed I did and the more opportunities I provided for this the families in my studio, you know, I with any, you know, when you go to the grocery store, if they have to put more into making that product, they're going to charge more for that product, right? So it's the same thing when we're offering a service. Um, but I. I was very intent on setting up um, a structured studio, um, you know, complete with you know we do have payment plans, we had registration, um, you know and policies were really clear and I still have families, even the ones that have been with me for years, they still sign um, a studio policy at the beginning of every semester just that so they agree to it. Um, you know and there's a lot of great there's a lot of great um, resources out there to talk to people about you know picking their brains about what they've done i'm always happy to share mine and i'll always you know send my website over to people so they can see what you know we've created and what's worked for us and again you have to find what works for you but i would encourage any teacher starting out to start that way um it's easier if you start that way than if you try to go back to it um yeah you know um and The more, again, the more you present yourself as a business, the more people are going to respect you and respect your business. Um, You know, how many times have we heard frustrated voice teachers be like, oh, this one canceled again, or oh, five minutes before the lesson. It doesn't happen. Um, It's a tired
1: conversation to me. It is. It's a very tired conversation. And it's one
3: of those, like, you know, if you're, you know, not helping the situation by allowing it and it's just like with having children they need to have boundaries you know when you have a pet you have a you have a gate or you or something or a fence right and then they (laughs) learn to thrive within that area so you know my students are going to make sure they're coming to their lessons Um, and if they're not then you know they're missing out on a great opportunity and they realize that so it, it just it it also creates a culture in which the students Um, when you invest a lot in something you're going to put more into it if you're going to go to a gym that's only $10 a month, if you don't go every day, it's $10 a month, but if you're going to go to a gym that costs you a lot of money you're going to make sure you're going to that gym because you've invested in it right, so I I feel like um, I feel like that's important for teachers starting out to understand
1: so, that's right that's right, that's really good um I would just like to add, because since neither of you brought it up, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got as a young performer. Because yes, there was a period of Perna's life where I I was trying to be famous, <laughs> and um uh, it came crashing down. Don't worry, Vocal Fam. You can hear more <laughs> about that on my backstory episode. Um, th- th- this is like a whole thing of backstory. I'm telling you, uh, this
2: is like a flashback episode. Where they're like, is it because
1: we're in person? Is that maybe that's, and, okay. we're uh, maybe that's it. We're just feeling nostalgic today. <laughs> but but um, I just want to say pay your freaking taxes. Mm-hmm. And my okay, personal crazy. advice, everybody has a different philosophy on this. Some people find doing their own taxes very easy because they've been doing it and they're very familiar with business taxes and all this kind of stuff. Hire a freaking accountant. Oh, yeah. It is worth <laughs> So every freaking cent that you pay mm-hmm. to have an accountant I, when I tell people like when I tell my friends who basically just have W2s and whatever and don't run their own businesses what I pay my accountant they're like why would you ever in fact I was just having this conversation with my mother <laughs> and I was like I, who didn't realize what we paid our accountant every year and I'm like it is worth
3: mm-hmm.
1: every cent every cent Every cent. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly because historically, the IRS loves the audit artists and independent business owners. In case you're anybody out there in vocal fam is wondering.
2: It's one of my random fears, just of, like, messing up my taxes and the IRS coming for me, because, like... I promise, I'm not trying to mess them up if That's I That's what I always
3: think.
2: <laughs> I it's like, it if it's just some, me because I stink at math. <laughs> yeah, if you can't, like, just, just, just tell me what I owe you. I'll pay, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to get away with anything. Well, but the
1: other thing I would say about that is also the reason I think it's important also to have an accountant is that a lot of time a young, either performer or independent studio teacher, business owner, small business owner you're not aware of what you can write off
2: it's a beautiful yeah, thing I see that. <laughs> <It is? laughs>
1: you know y'all if you buy a book about teaching if you as lee pointed to her headphones y'all <laughs> yeah. I, I i think i brought this up a number of weeks ago when i tallied what i invested oh, in yeah. <laughs> technology in 2020
0: oh in wow, the last yeah. year it's insane <laughs>
1: Ah, i kind of jumped out of my skin until i got the email just a couple of weeks ago i was worried that we were going to owe taxes too this year just because how much we had some very great blessings of again my studio growing or whatever and um we were not paying estimated because we hadn't been because we have w-2s and whatever Mm -hmm. but um Uh, my accountant emailing me just a couple weeks ago and going, hey, so I have good news, state and federal refunds. So, uh," and I was like,
2: "Ah,
1: okay, guess uh, some things worked out well, uh, uh, you know, uh, so anyway... Anyway, vocal fam, pay your taxes. taxes. That's uh, (laughs) that's the moral of this. Pay your taxes and hire an accountant. Those are Perna's two pieces of advice in terms of owning your own business.
3: Even with taxes, or it's important to know too. We, I just had a teacher in our area um, who didn't realize that running a studio out of her house, um, there was a specific portion. Well, there was a specific permit she needed, and then there. Oh. And she had been teaching for so many years that. If she then applied for it and they knew how long it had been, it would have, I mean, it would have flipped their whole world around. So, you know, it ended up working out in their situation. But really knowing your zoning laws, knowing knowing your township tax. Holy
1: cow.
3: Yeah. um, Because I think a
2: lot of times you think like teaching out of your house, sort of the thing of like anything where you're doing a business out of your home Mm -hmm. or like, or, you know, kind of the transactions in cash or like... Growing up, like the reason my my parents always encouraged me, like, oh, don't go get like a job, job, babysit because they'll pay you in cash and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's that mentality that can probably then get you in trouble.
3: Yeah. Just saying, later. declare
1: your students who did pay you in cash.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, don't we're looking try to fool
2: people. We're
3: looking to expand here and we're in the middle of zoning and figuring out if we do, so, you know, it depends on the amount of business you do out of, you know, depending on wow. your state or wherever you are. So, you know, ex- expanding might or might not be the best option. And I might need to get more permission from neighbors or, you wow. know. Um, yes. So there's a just there, there is that part of it that, it, you know, it's not the fun part. It's not the part I ever right. wanted to do. Um, right. But those are the things that when you are starting, you do want to be aware of and things that nobody ever I never would have thought to ask, you know. That um, makes
1: sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, yeah. I was glad that for the first time this year I could write off our internet because yeah. I started, oh, because you know, that's all you've been like teaching so with. I, you know, I was like, no, my entire studio is online. Like the entire, I don't teach any lessons in that's person true. anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's like I, I wrote off our Comcast all, all year. Yeah. Uh un- nice. un- ju- Even though we got Comcasted yesterday.
2: on <laughs> <We laughs> sure did. In the
1: podcast. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, all these are, you know, look, th- this is all the kind of stuff. Like, you don't we don't cover this in pedagogy class. No.
2: Well, no. You know? No. I mean, actually, I was just thinking, backtracking a moment. Would y'all, like, because I'm looking at stuff that I have to do and stuff. Would y'all say... That speakeasy is probably a good place to find people to talk to about setting up studio policies and all of that sort of.
0: Oh, absolutely. Just, yes.
2: Yeah. There's, there's a
0: whole a whole separate feed in in Slack, the workspace that we use that is all about policies and people post well, and them and guess, mm-hmm. comment. You can get ideas, templates,
2: getting help managing employees. I, like I just didn't even think about. Yeah, there are people you can go. You can ask people for help mm-hmm. with that.
3: We're currently restructuring here where um, where Michelle's helping me figure out, you know, because I run the studio, but I also do the billing. I do the scheduling. I clean the studios. Yeah. I decorate the studios. I talk to the families. I, I mean, she was like, okay, so how many jobs are you paying yourself for? Because I, I am realizing that I do about seven jobs, and I really love teaching and being creative. I don't like numbers, and um, I don't like them at all. I get that. I get that. Yeah, (laughs) so, um, you know, something that's been great that she's had me do is come up with an organizational chart, and every time I do a job, I go into my spreadsheet, and I'm like, this is who would do this job if this was in an office, and this is who would do this job, and figuring out what all those roles are, so that way... You know i can identify as i grow if that's something i want to keep on as my position or if i'm going to say okay this is this person's position um but also on that um i i want to i don't know i could give a plug there's great scheduling softwares and studio software out there um, i use my music staff some people use acuity um i think uh, there's yeah. music teachers helper uh is another one but that has i wish i had something like that from the beginning
1: so um, if acuity would like to sponsor also sponsor the vocal fry podcast <laughs> yeah, we, would to, we would be happy to we would be happy to partner with you
2: I mean, I don't actually fully know how to use it,
3: but... (laughs) I don't know if I... I've been using um, my music staff for a few years, and I don't know if I know how to fully use it, but it's been... Uh, it's a or my season.
1: music staff. If, if you <laughs> folks at my music staff would like to sponsor, I'm willing to switch the Vogue Fry podcast. We're and fine. Since with, I you said know. that,
3: if they want to fix the borders on my images on my website, have an issue. <laughs> just throw <that> going <laughs> no, They've been great with. They've been great with tech support. But um, yeah, just finding a good software program um, or it it really helps run the studio. And I'm it's
2: sure. Well, you so stumble much time. into it. I think like all of a sudden. You think like, oh, I'm just taking over this and you're thinking you don't realize how much goes along with it with yeah. running something like that. And it's or a good if, problem, I guess you know, you right? start with a small studio. If it grows, you don't anticipate, oh, this is something I should be thinking about now. hmm And then you are
1: I don't think that I had even realized I think it's I think this summer needs to be a transition for my own business that I get one of those so that clients can just book sessions through the website mm-hmm. yeah. and just and just I don't need to do that anymore.
3: Oh, it's such a beautiful thing, <laughs> and they <laughs> it's love such a it. They love yeah. not
0: having to send emails back and forth. I'm right, sure. My, you pay when you book, so it's right.
1: paid, and and just and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true,
2: you don't have to try to negotiate. Because doesn't that stink when you're emailing with someone and you're like, "These are the slots I have available," and they're like well, couldn't you do yeah. this time? They're like, did I list that time? And then you feel <laughs> bad because it's someone you've worked with and you're like, oh, I want to accommodate you, but also I really want to stick to the schedule I set myself.
3: Yeah, Sorry, It's very me. easy in the beginning to feel like you need to accommodate everybody. Um, you know, and, and I did make that mistake early on. And, you know, at the, you know, uh, raising children and I raised them myself, I realized, you know, I didn't have, somebody else with me so yeah. every time i said yes to someone else i was saying no to my family and you know and yes think and of it, yeah um that just and hit needed, me like
1: a ton of bricks
3: well like, it's true though and you and, but you need to you still need to run your business and it's okay to go to work right but yeah. i needed to yeah. and you know even this week i got this amazing email from my mom yesterday about her daughter's just happiness in her lessons and the progress and I was like so touched (laughs) then I went to my fridge and my kids all week were like mom there's no food there's no food literally Uh we had like jalapeno nacho <laughs> like yogurt. And I'm like, I'm so glad I'm a good teacher, but my kids are starving. You know <laughs> I mean, they're older, they can shop for themselves. But it's you know it, Yeah, they it,
1: are of age where they can care for themselves. Let's fam. Them Rebecca was Rebecca was not neglecting her small no. like infant or something.
3: <laughs> no. They're they're big older, smelly young men. Um but never no, <laughs> But um it's you know and not something else that I wish was ingrained in me earlier just because something is good doesn't mean it's wise right so you can have this great opportunity but it might not be the most wise thing for you or your business or your family Oof. right like so yeah. there's a difference Golly. between good and wise um and i think it was really important for me early on to say wow this would be so good to work with this person or this would be great if i took on like this person's studio when they moved yeah. but it's not the wisest thing for me or my family or my business right now yeah. but it might yeah. so it might be wise for somebody else right um, right. And being okay with not saying yes to everything is so important.
1: Yeah, yeah. you, it you know on. it's it, it, it's interesting. That's an interesting point too, because I know like my wife right now is talk is talking about like transitioning to really not teaching voice privately much at all mm-hmm. because you know she has a full time job now. That's true, and yeah. it requires a lot of her. And she's kind of like you know, look, I'm I'm bringing in the income that we need, like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't need to be like taking up time teaching lessons that I'm not really loving that much anyway <laughs> yeah. um so I mean it's it's a it's a, again I think part of that is also just the clarity that the pandemic has brought us right and that's in, what in Lee the, has
3: done like Lee you're so good at saying well, this is this is wise for my studio this is wise for what I do and you know what you what to say yes to I think that's awesome
0: Yeah, it's and it's gotten better. I was, I was going to add it's, um, as voice teachers, we, we tend to just take everything and every student that comes along and every gig. And, and I know Michelle talks about this a lot. Um, but with this fear that there won't be anything else. So we just take everything. Yeah. Um, but spread, spread the wealth, spread the love. You know, I, I feel so good when I get an email from a student that is not, you know that's either not right for me or i don't have the time i have very clearly set hours and if i have a new student that can't fit in those hours that's not my new student um, and i love being able to send them to other people mm-hmm. right. uh, and now we have the benefit of sending them to teachers all over the country that i think would be a good fit uh, mm-hmm. because of, of online but it's it it feels so good to set those boundaries to close my computer when my office is closed and i walk upstairs and Mm -hmm. I say I'm home from work (laughs) because I left the studio and I've gone upstairs (laughs) and and work is over
1: Mm -hmm. that's that's so awesome um you know I will also just uh a side plug I'll give Leah a side plug um she uh she did an awesome talk to my CCM ped class last fall um, you know, teaching this sort of basically avocational pop, sing- adult pop singer, or rock singer, or whatever, you know, those kind of genres, um, it was awesome for my grad students to get to just hear directly from somebody who's running an independent studio focused on that um, uh, in, in our sort of rock section of the course just to, you know, hear that, like, gosh, like, there was actually she found this niche market, and it worked, and it's 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 valuable. Like like the world doesn't. Sarah, not every student has to sing "Karmaio Ben."
2: <laughs> what? I mean, what?
1: all what? of all of my students. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, am, am I kidding? Am I ki- Michael? Am I kidding? I don't really know. Um, uh, but but anyway, no. It was just it was a great talk. So any of my academic colleagues who teach a course like that. Um, I would just highly recommend just a plug to Lee to get her some lecture spots. Um, I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> I think both of you two are incredible. I think you're both awesome humans. Uh, which is why I wanted to have you on and get to share with the vocal fam this perspective. Um the first time guest for both of you. Yep.
2: Um, True. I, nice I, getting to meet you so
1: by
3: the exciting. way. You enough. too. I'm a fan. Didn't say that earlier. I should to tell you in the beginning. <laughs> um
1: it was hilarious when I was telling Michael about this episode. He was like, "Wait, Lee has never been on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, How is that know, possible?" Like, um Lee, listen, vocal fam, since it is her first time on, hold on. I have to I have to say Lee Usselton for her doctoral graduation, still to this day, actually, t- it's tie. The t- my my three favorite gifts that I've ever received from students, all of which are in this office right now.
2: I'm probably looking at them. Are
1: <laughs> the Gallifreyan um, wood cutting that Sarah got me for her graduation, which says in Gallifreyan Doctor Who's language, "Never cruel, never cowardly." And Michael's woodcutting yeah. of Yoda with the Last Jedi quote on it. Adore both of those. But also, Lee Usselton for her doctoral graduation hands me this book, and I'm like, "What oh, I in love the it. What in the heck has you seen the book?
2: I've seen the book. I'm like,
1: What in the heck is this? And it, Lee, when we were di- when she was dissertating, we would meet every Friday afternoon, right? Yeah. Friday mm-hmm. afternoons yep, every Friday. And she would audio record our sessions, just so she didn't really have to take notes. <laughs> so she would audio record our sessions. Well, Vocal Fam, if you've ever listened to this show, <laughs> you know that I will get a little worked up or off topic,
2: Emphatic. <laughs> yeah. all, all of topic. the all
1: of the above. Who can say? <laughs> and she gave me a book. Of the ridiculous things that I said that year, <laughs> printed out that she quoted from stupid, idiotic things that I said about things like, you know, nobody does research anymore. You take this thing and this guy did this thing, and this person did this thing, which turned into this thing, and that's just research. Nobody actually does anything anymore that and anyway. you funny
0: comparing book. the structure of my dissertation to a five-course meal.
2: <laughs> yes!
0: that, that's in there as well
1: see it was things like that anyway so Amazing. so so lee still has the the tide for, for top gift of all time only uh, the, an introvert three. could
3: do that though do you know what i mean like somebody who's always listening and observing like that's such a that's so cool <laughs> it, was, it was uh i still
0: have a full document of all the one things that i did not use Oh, That's God. Okay, volume maybe two. we should shred that. Thought volume uh, two might be coming out. shortly. Listen, it just shows up in uh, my inbox. Let's be cool uh, let's let's
1: just not put that on social media, <laughs> shall we? Um, uh, let, let's not do that. Has I'm just going to s- Perna. <laughs> <laughs> it's our everyday.
2: Every day a new
1: one. No, let's. That's uh, it's like a Jack candy calendar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of deep thoughts, it's just ridiculous, idiotic thoughts from Berna. Anyway, <laughs> Lee, uh, Sarah, what you have for breakfast?
2: Quiche. Ooh, Ooh fancy. Whoa. What fancy. did you
1: make quiche? No, I
2: didn't make quiche. My mother-in-law made
1: quiche. Wow, it was even homemade quiche.
2: It was homemade quiche. It was, quiche. It was delicious like sausage and tomatoes Dang. and peppers. It was good. It was good. Yeah, I you if if you're having a quiche around me, I bought it from Fresh Market. They do have delicious quiches. But yeah, she made it from scratch. It was great.
1: Amazing. It was a
2: good morning. Yay.
1: Well, Lee, thank you for joining us. Yes, Rebecca, thank you, thank you for, for joining us. us. Thank, thank you for you sharing so about your Uh where uh Lee, your website for the studio is
0: I am
3: northsidevoicepgh.com.
1: And Rebecca, your s- website for the studio? Um,
3: we're themusicmakers.org, and it's music with a K.
2: Oh, cute.
1: <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, cute, love cute. it. Um, yes, well, thank you both so much. Yes. This has been um, an absolute joy and uh can't Please? wait to hear people's reaction to to this episode cuz you brought a lot of wealth of of, of experience and knowledge today. Good. Um that was Yay. wonderful. All right, vocal fam, listen. So again, next week, um you can look for a very weirdly audio edited episode with Sarah and Hope I um and uh Ian Howell and Yvonne Redmond on the professional singer turned Contents, uh lovely. voice teacher. Content's great. Their their audio is awesome. Um, we're just, <laughs> just going to we're just going to edit ours. Uh, and then, of course, uh, in two weeks, two weeks from today, we'll be back specifically to talk about Nats, uh, with with uh, Executive Director Alan Henderson and our current President Carol Blankenship. So, uh, anyway, Ready. lots yeah. lots of lots uh, of lots, a, lots of good stuff. And uh, as it's, if you celebrate this weekend, Happy Easter happy to all Easter. of you who celebrate. Um, and uh, happy
2: other things to the rest of you. Happy spring
1: happy yes Yes. indeed indeed look at that is that an (gasps) easter bunny that's amazing (laughs)
2: fabulous
1: fantastic all right vocal fam that's all for us i don't think i needed to say anything else i hope you have a (laughs) i hope you have a great week oh i know what i wanted to say last last just last thought vocal fam you're about a month away if you're in 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 academia you're a month away (laughs) from being able to dance in the ashes of this academic year so it's close fight the fatigue. You're oh. almost there. Keep going. If you are a student in academia, well, know that you. your professors see you. We see how much you are struggling and we're going we're going to make it. Okay? You got about 28 days and not the movie where there are zombies. <laughs> okay? I don't even know what
2: movie that is. 28 <laughs> days later. Uh,
1: I don't know. It's zombies. Anyway, (laughs) all right, Vocal Fam, that's it for us. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Bye. Oh, you all are great. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you.
3: I hope. uh... Fun time.